man's getting all, he's getting all Jason Crabby on us. Amen. Amen. I tell you, I, you know what, when, when, when you're feeling it, and if you've never, if you've never felt the touch of God, you, you don't know what I'm talking about, but, but when you're feeling it, there ain't nothing like it. Ain't nothing like it. Amen. Hey, take your Bibles. Let's, let's preach a little while. Take your Bibles. Remain standing and turn with me real quickly. Luke chapter number 13. Luke chapter number 13, verse number 6. I'm going to read just about three verses and I'll let you sit down uh, this, this, this morning. We're going to reverence God's word by standing and uh, reading just a couple verses. Isn't it good to be saved? Amen. I am so glad that I know who Jesus is. But I'm even more glad he knows who I am. Amen. Amen. Luke 13 and verse number 6. Uh, I, I'm going to be honest with you before we even get into this thing. This, this is, some of this is not going to be real fun. Uh, some of this is, is going to be uh, kind of in your face with a can of mace. Amen. Uh, God, and the reason why, God's not going to intervene in our life with, without it being for our good. And he doesn't want us to have a year in 2014 like we had in 2013. He wants it better. He wants it greater. Are y'all with me? Say amen. So let's look Luke 13, verse number 6. It says, And he spake also this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. In other words, he named the tree. He said it was specifically planted in his vineyard. He had a purpose for it. And he came and sought fruit thereon and found what? None. Then he said unto the dresser of the vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find, cut it down. Why cumbereth it the ground? And the vine dresser, he answering said unto him, Lord, let it alone this year. You know what he's saying? Give me one more year. Give me one more year. How, how many of y'all uh, maybe growing up with your parents or, or maybe, maybe with the law enforcement when, when you got pulled over uh, uh, because you was, you was doing something that you wasn't supposed to be doing and you said, give me one more chance. <laughs> how many of y'all know what I'm talking about? He said, he said give, me, give me one more year and I will dig about it. And I will dung it. And if it bear fruit, well, and if not, then after that thou shalt cut it down. Father, help us now. Lord, thank you for the presence of the sweet Holy Spirit in this place. Now, Lord, we are at the place uh, that's critical. This is a crossroads. This is the place where we hear what you have to say to us. And God, we're not hearing this from men. We're hearing this from God. This is a message, this is a word directly from the portals of glory, from the throne room to your children. And God, I pray that you'll help us now. Lord, glorify yourself in this place. In Jesus' name I pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. The Lord uses many times parables and stories and uh, he's always comparing the Christian 
to fruit or bearing fruit or uh, having a responsibility. John 15 uh, teaches us a lot in this area. He said, I am the vine, ye are the branches. Uh, he said, he that, he that beareth not fruit, he will lift up or take away. Uh, he that beareth fruit, he will purge it that he may bear more fruit. And later on in that chapter, he says, herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit. So, in going into this message this morning, I, I, want, I want you to understand this, that, that God has great expectations for his children. And God does not come, and, and, and some of y'all, y'all got this idea that, that uh, you can come to God and get a ticket out of hell and get a ticket to heaven and, and, and say, God, I don't want to go to hell. I want to go to heaven. Uh, and after I get my ticket, I need you to leave me be. I don't need you to tell me how to live. I don't need you to tell me how to act. I don't need you to tell me how to dress. I don't need you to tell me how to behave myself. Just get me out of hell, make sure I go to heaven, and then leave me alone. Say, I've never said that. No, but you act like that. When we deny the word of God, when we, when we, when we uh, ignore the truth of the scripture, and when the Holy Spirit comes and we ignore his prompting in our life, we're telling God, leave me alone. I don't want to go to hell, but I don't want what you have for me in my life. Now, there's a, there's a problem with that because God has a right to have expectations for you in your life. Are y'all with me? Say amen. And we're, we're going to talk about that, and we're going to look at why he has a right. He has a right because he owns us. If you are saved, you have been bought with a price. You have been purchased by the blood of the Lamb. You are not your own anymore. He is in charge. You are not the boss anymore. You are not in charge anymore. He is the boss. He is the shepherd. We are the sheep. He is the potter. We are the clay. He is the father, and we are the child. We are his people the sheep of his pasture, he has a right to expect things from what belongs to him. Are y'all with me? He went to his vineyard, to a tree he planted. He purchased the tree, he planted the tree in what belongs to him. Now, if you're saved, you belong to it. Now, can we just move along? We all agree on that. Can we all agree on that? Okay, now here's the deal. I'm going to give you three points this morning. One, what God expects. Two, what God expresses. Three, what God employs. We're going to talk about what is God expecting from me in my life this year. How many of y'all would like to know what God wants from you? Okay, we're going to, I mean, I mean in detail, we're going to talk about that, okay? What God expresses. When he doesn't find what he expects. And then what God employs when he doesn't find what he expects to, to be able to see what he expects. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. Let's talk about number one. What does God expect? What does God want? We find it in this verse. He says he went to his vineyard and he came and sought. He came and sought. He came looking. That tells me he was expecting something. He was expecting something. Do you realize that when God saved you, he expects something from you now? He came looking. 
You say, is there any Bible? Today? Oh, yeah, certainly, certainly. Revelation chapter number 2 and 3 are letters to the churches of Asia, and, and, and it's a representation of the church as a whole. Do you realize in every single letter, at the beginning of every single letter, the Bible says, I know thy works. Now, how would he know thy works? Because when you find him, he's right in the middle of the church. He is in the midst of the church, walking up and down, seeing and eyeballing and searching and looking because God is seeking something from you. He's on purpose looking for something in your life. Now, I wonder what he's finding in his search with you. You say, preacher, what is he searching for? We find his expectations in his pursuit. Then B, we find his expectations in his purpose. He planted a tree, specifically a fig tree, specifically a fig tree, uh, I know this is an apple, but let's imagine it's a fig. Say amen. Uh, he wanted fruit. Regardless if it's a fig tree, apple tree, orange tree, grapefruit tree, kiwi tree, uh, uh, mango tree, pear trees up here. All right. Banana. Say amen. He's looking for fruit. He's looking for fruit. He plants us, and he specifically is searching out fruit in our life. What did he say? I'm the vine. Jesus says, I'm the vine. You're the branch. He said, if you abide in me and I in you, ye shall bear much. Herein is my father glorified that ye bear much. Right? All right. What does that mean? I've been in church my whole life and I've heard, I've heard a lot of people say a lot of things. And, and so I wanted to go into detail. I had some other stuff I want to do, but I, I really feel the need to deal with this particular subject. Because sometimes I had a gentleman come to me after the service, after the service in the second service in the, in the, in the VIP area, and, 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 and he said, he said, preacher, I was bearing fruit and didn't even know it. Because sometimes we have this idea that you bear fruit when it's just one thing. Because I've heard preachers say, uh, when he says bearing fruit, that means winning others to Christ. Now that's true, but that's only one area of fruit bearing. So how many of y'all like to know what does it mean to bear fruit? Watch this. We're going to say, where are we going to get that from the word of God? Now watch. In detail. Here we go. Here we go. Romans 1.13. Romans 1.13. Now would I, <laughs> I would not have you ignorant, brethren, that oftentimes I purposed to come unto you, but was let hitherto, that I might have some fruit among you also, even as among other Gentiles. Now what is he saying right there? He's saying when you win others to Christ, that's barren fruit. Y'all with me? When you win others to Christ, that's bearing fruit. Say this with me. When I win others, that's bearing fruit. Now, now, when we win others to Christ, that doesn't mean you have to go and jump up on the side of the street corner and, and open your Bible and say, all of y'all are going to hell. It's time to get saved. That's how you win people to Christ. That's how you get shot. Say amen. That's not, that's not what he's talking about. And you don't have to do that. Now, I'm not against street preaching. I know there's people with a sincere heart that goes out and does that, and they see fruit from that. But what it's saying is, is you've got to go tell somebody else what God has done for you. 
What did he tell the demoniac when the demoniac wanted to get with him? He, he, he was delivered, he was saved, and he wanted to go with Jesus. And Jesus, uh-uh, look, you need to go back to your friends and family and tell them what good things the Lord has done for you. It's as simple as that. What did the woman at the well do? This woman who had a wicked life, this woman who had a rough situation, God saved her, God changed her, she went into the city. And I'm talking about the Bible college boys. They didn't do what she did. The disciples came out of the city and didn't bring anybody to Jesus, but she went into that city, and this is what she said. Come see a man that done told me everything about me. Is not he the one? You know what she did? She went and told others what God had done for her. That's all you got to do. That's all you got to do. Are you, are you sharing what God's done for you? Are you sharing the gospel with others? Are you bearing fruit by bringing others to Jesus? He's looking for it. He's looking for it. Watch this. Here's some other fruit. The Bible says in Romans 6, 22, as we grow in holiness and obedience, we are bearing fruit. Romans 6, 22, but now being made free from sin and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. Now, some people get all messed up with this holiness thing. Because they have this idea, they're telling people, uh, 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 holiness means you got a long sleeve shirt and you're wearing a tie and your dress touches the floor. Now, that don't have nothing to do with holiness. Because I've seen people with a long sleeve shirt and wearing a tie and dress touch the floor that was mean as a rattlesnake, that was judgmental, self-righteous, and gossiped about everybody in the country. I'm telling you, that is not holy whatsoever. Now, I will say this so everybody understands where I'm coming from on this. I do believe holiness will affect your appearance. I believe if you are acting holy, you're not going to wear a dress that won't cover a blue jay. Say amen. I believe holiness will affect your talk and your speech and your living and your actions and your behavior. And I believe walking closer to God, he said, be ye holy for I am holy. Holiness is simply set apart, sanctified, separate. What is the holy grail? It was a cup that was only for the king's use. You know what God is saying? I want you to be different from the world. That doesn't mean we have to be crazy people. That doesn't mean we have to be a bunch of freaks, but it does mean that we're different. It does mean that we're set apart. God called us a peculiar people. We are different. We act different. We think different. We don't run like we used to run because we're holy and we're walking with God. And God is looking for holiness because it's fruit. When you're becoming more like Christ and less like the world, you're bearing. What's he seeing in your life? Is he seeing you winning others to Christ? Is he seeing you separate from the world and different and living holiness and righteousness? I got some more fruit. The Bible says, <clears throat> the Bible says in, in Romans 15, <clears throat> Romans 15 and verse number 27, Paul considered Christian giving to be fruit. It hath pleased them verily, and their debtors they are. For if the Gentiles have been made partakers of their spiritual things, their duty is also to minister unto them in carnal things. When therefore I have performed this and have sealed to them this fruit, that giving, their giving, I will come by you into Spain. What is he saying? He's saying generosity is fruit. When you're giving, when you're giving from your heart, generosity is fruit. Do you realize that you can, you can uh, give without loving, but you can't love without giving? For God so loved the world. 
that he he gave. You cannot be like Christ without giving. Bearing fruit is generosity. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying this. The owner of the vineyard is coming and he's seeking holiness. He's seeking generosity. He's seeking others that will tell others about Jesus. Somebody say amen. Is he finding this in your life? Is he, I'm telling you, he's looking. He's seeking. He's diligently searching for these things in our lives. Is he finding fruit? There's some more. There's some more. What else does he say? Colossians chapter 1 verse 10. Colossians chapter 1 says our good works are fruit. It says that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful, say it with me, being in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. What does that mean? That means this, when you stop and help somebody with their tire that's broke down, that's a good work. That's bearing fruit. When you go and help somebody put shingles on their roof, that's, a, that's, a, that's fruit. You're being like Christ. You're ministering to others. You're serving others. Too many people are too stuck upon themselves and they only want people to serve them. You see, bearing fruit means you're a producer. You cannot be so caught up in consuming because if you're always consuming, you're never producing. And those that are always consuming is wearing out those that are producing. Y'all with me? Got one more. Got one more. The Bible says there's some other fruit. There's some other fruit. Do you realize the praise that comes from our lips is fruit to God? The Bible says in Hebrews 13, 15, By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. What's he looking for? Praise. Now, I've heard people say, well, I worship like this. I'm just a quiet worshiper, preacher. But that's not in the Bible. Now, that would fly, and that would be okay if you could find that in the Bible. Be ye silent, saith the Lord. You know, it don't say that. It don't say that. It says the fruit of our lips. It says praise unto our God. Every time I read about praise, it says with a loud noise, with a loud voice. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. It means that God is looking for praise in his people. God is looking for his people to be appreciative and thankful for what he's done for them. I'm telling you, he's actively seeking fruit. He's seeking you. He's seeking in your life people that are sharing the gospel with others. He's seeking holiness. He's seeking good works. He's seeking praise. He's seeking generosity. Now, let me ask you a question. What is he finding? I went to my vineyard and looked at this tree three years seeking fruit and find none. Now, you say, preacher, it's okay. I'm, I'm good. With it. I'm, I'm good just like I am. It's only one problem. He's not good with that because we see what what he expects. How many of y'all would agree? Now, I've given you verse by verse what God is expecting out of our life. Can we say Amen right there? Now we know what God expects, but now don't you see this? I want you to see what God expresses in the very next verse, in verse number seven. 
He says, I have been coming these three years. These three years. You see, he's frustrated. He's frustrated. He's been coming three years. Now, to really understand the extent of his frustration, you've got you to understand that in the book of Leviticus, when, when they planted a tree, when they planted a fruit tree, uh, the first three years, they were not allowed to mess with any of it. You could not eat of the fruit the first year, the second year, the third year, and then the fourth year, the fruit belonged to God. So you couldn't eat that then. So you technically couldn't have fruit till the fifth year. Now, he's been seeking three years, so that tells me he's been waiting seven years for fruit off his tree. And finding, now let me, let me now it's going to get a little tight now, so, so trust me, I'm the mailman, not the letter sender. Y'all with me? God is tired of your excuses. Let me give you a verse. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter number 5, verse number 12. Now, now watch what he says. He's frustrated. He expresses his frustration because of the time spent. A, if you're taking notes, because of the time that's spent. All of this time and still no... All of this time and still no... Watch what he says. Hebrews five twelve. For when for the, what's that word? Time. Ye ought to be teachers. He said, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. You know what he's telling to, to the people there in Hebrews? He's saying, you've been saved long enough. You should be further along in your Christian life than you are right now. You should be mature, you should be developed, you should be strong in your faith, but yet you're immature, you act like a baby, you act like you still need milk. There's too many Christians that are needing pacifiers and sucking their thumbs in the house of God because they've been staying on milk all of this time. It's time to put the milk away and let's get some meat, baby. Meat. Let's start digging. Now, let me, let me apply it. Let me apply it. Let me apply it. Now, now back in the day, Back in the day. Now, you can go, you can go and get uh, a Gerber. Is it Gerber or Gerber? Uh, Gerber for a Gerber. Amen. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. Little can, uh, carrots, green beans, potatoes, sweet potatoes, all that stuff that looks nasty. Say amen. But do you know in the day for all that, a mama would take, that, would take those green beans off that plate and she would put them in her mouth. She'd chew it up real good where it's real soft and take it out of her mouth and feed that baby because that baby's digestive system couldn't handle it. Are y'all with me? Do you know what preachers are doing all over America? They're having to do that with people because they're not willing to go home and read the Bible for themselves and the only Bible they get is when they come and it's like pablum. And God's tired of it. God's frustrated with the immaturity of his people because they're not taking a stand and stepping up and growing in grace and growing in the knowledge of the word of God and they're still immature and they're still acting like a bunch of babies. He said, for the time, for the time, you've been saved long enough. 
Quit making excuses. You've been saved long enough to be able to share your faith. You've been saved long enough to see fruit in your life. You've been saved long enough. You have no excuse for being stingy and not being generous. You've been saved long enough to know to do good works in your life. You've been saved long enough to give a shout of praise of glory to him. Hey, quit making excuses for the time that's spent. He said, all these years, I'm coming and finding none. All these years I'm coming and there's no fruit. I'm seeing no praise. I'm seeing no generosity. I'm seeing no witness. I'm seeing no good works. Are y'all with me? And he expresses his frustration. Listen, for the time that's spent. And then for the, the, the space that's taken. He's saying, why cumbers it the ground? The word cumbers means idle. It's idle. It's good for nothing. Now, before I preach this point, I need everyone to understand I love you. And I want you here next week. Okay? Let me just say that right now. Before I say the rest, I want you to come back. Y'all with me? Now, now how many of y'all believe me? Come on, raise your hand. At least lie to me. Raise your hand. Amen. I love you, and I want you to come back. But watch what, what God has to say. He uses the term in, 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 in talking about salt. How many of y'all know the Bible says we're salt? We're the salt of the earth. We have a purpose. We have, we have an issue. We have a responsibility to be salt and light to the world. Now, watch what he says. If the salt has lost its savor... In other words, if it's not able to uh, function in the way it's supposed to, if it doesn't have the effect on what it touches anymore, watch what he says. It's good for The only thing it's good for is to cast out in the street and use it for pavement because I can't use it in here. Preacher, what are you saying? We're in desperate need of a building. We're out of space. And I wonder how much of the space is being taken up by people that are good for, I say, I didn't say it, you said it. <laughs> There's no praise found in their mouth. There's no generosity. There's no good works. There's no holiness whatsoever. They'll come in here on Sunday and enjoy what's being produced by those walking with Christ, and then they'll go out on Monday and walk with the devil. And I wonder how many people we could get in here that's willing to bear fruit, but there's too much space taken up from those not bearing fruit. Now, once again, let me say, I need you back next week. But I wonder what God sees when he sees our life. Does he see our life as wasting space and wasting the talent, wasting the ability, wasting the provision, wasting all that God has done for us and with us, yet we're still good for nothing? Let me tell you something. An orange tree that don't make oranges is good for How many people are planted in the church not willing to bear? Now, some of y'all think that's harsh. 
But that's the reality of life. And God's frustrated. He's seeking fruit in our life. Now, let me say this. Let me say this. Well, I just, I'm not going. Now, if you're saved, you've got to understand something. God's got expectations. Amen? Amen? And God is expressing what he's finding when he finds no fruit. But then you've got to understand number three. I want you to see not only what he expects in the new year, not what he expresses, but I want you to see what he employs. God's not going to let us get away with not bearing fruit. John 15 says it this way. Let me read it. John 15 says it this way. He says in, in John 15, he said, Every branch, now watch this, this is really important. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now what does taketh away mean? What does taketh away mean? It doesn't mean literally break off and throw away. Because the vineyard owner knows that those vines are way too precious. They're way too important. They're way too expensive to just break them off and throw them away. What that means, take away, means to clean up. You see, what happens is those baby vines, those young vines, they'll grow low to the ground. They grow, watch this now, watch this. Y'all staying with me? I'm almost done. They grow too close to the world. You see, they're growing so close to the world that dirt comes up on them and they get dirty and they get clogged up and they get sick and they can't bear fruit. And so what the vineyard, hallelujah, what the vineyard owner does is he takes him a bucket and he takes him a sponge and he comes down there and he gets down on his knees and he starts washing those vines that are too close to the world. And you know what Jesus said in John 15? Ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. And sometimes we'll leave this building and we'll get too close to the world. We'll walk like the world and we'll talk like the world and we'll come in to his house and God will break forth the sponge and God will break forth the bucket and he'll break forth the word of God and he'll start cleaning up on us. He'll start scrubbing us and it don't feel good. How many of y'all remember when you used to get a bath and your mama would come in there and she said, are you clean? I can remember this day. She'd send me and my brother to the, to the tub and we had little old bitty things. And we'd get in there, and we'd be so dirty, we'd look like hogs wallering. And we'd just get wet. And that wet would come, and it'd look like streaks down through the mud and dirt. And, and she'd holler, are y'all clean? Yes, ma'am. And she'd come in there, and she'd grab that, she'd grab that wash rag, and she'd wrap that wash rag around that big finger, and she'd go digging in our ears. Are y'all with me? And we'd be howling like, whoa, whoa, mama, mama. And she'd scrub us. I'm talking about just, and that does not feel good. But, buddy, when you get clean, somebody say amen. amen. Some of y'all are here now and God's working on. He started talking to you before I even started preaching. And he started scrubbing on you. And it don't feel good and you don't like it. But, boy, when you start bearing fruit, you'll sure appreciate it. Amen. You see? When we don't bear fruit, it gets God's attention. Amen? Amen. Now, all this fruit's making me hungry, so I'm going to shorten this up right here, all right? What will God do? What will God do when he doesn't find fruit in our life? Watch what this next verse says. He says, give me one more year. I don't know about you, but I'm so glad that God will give an allowance 
Say, preacher, I was horrible in 2013. Well, thank God there's a 2014. Let me give you a verse. Let me give you a verse. The Bible says, Lamentations 3.22, It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Now, I can't, I can't change your stupidity of yesterday. But I can sure change today. And I can change tomorrow. I regret what I've done in my past. But thank God the slate's clean in the future. Are y'all with me? He gives us an allowance of time. A time of mercy. A time of change. You may tell you what's ignorant when you don't learn from your mistakes. The definition of insanity is doing the same stupid thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Y'all with me? <laughs> Moving right along. Amen. He said, give me one more year. That's an allowance. Then B, we find his attention. He said, I'm going to dig about it. Y'all stay with me now. Y'all stay with me. This is fixing to get good. I'm going to dig about it. Do you realize that God will dig in your stuff? We want God to mind his own business, but he'll come digging around. And see, what? why does he have to dig? Because he's got to go beneath the surface. Because on the surface, everything looks good. On the surface, we look like, ch uh, listen, the church uh, Joe and the church Judy and everything's perfect and everything's fine. We got everybody fooled. But underneath the surface, underneath the surface, there's habits. Underneath the surface, there's sins. Underneath the surface, there's issues. There's, there's things that's keeping us from bearing fruit. You can't see it. Your spouse can't see it. Listen, your friends may not see it, but oh, God's going to come and start digging around. He'll dig in that closet you got locked. He'll dig in that area of your life you don't want to give up. He'll dig in that part that you don't want nobody to know about. Listen, when we don't bear fruit, God's coming to dig. Y'all with me? He said, let me dig about it. That's his attention. Don't bear fruit and see if you don't get his attention. And you will have his attention. But then I want you to see this. Lastly, we not only see his allowance, we see his attention. But then I want you to see his assistance. You're going to appreciate this one. He said, I want to dig. That's his attention. Then his assistance, I want to dung it. I want to dung it. Now, some of y'all city people don't know what I'm talking about. But if you're from the country, you know what I'm talking about. <coughs> Dung, manure, fertilizer. Y'all with me? Now, are we on the same page now? You see, the dung acts as an, a, a, an accelerator. It enhances the growth process. You say, what's that got to do with me? Let me, let me give you a verse. Let me give you a verse. Romans 5, verse 3. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations. Uh, tribulations means difficulty, hard times, situations that we don't like. It, it, it's talking about dumb. Y'all get that in a minute. 
knowing that tribulation worketh patience. 1 Peter 1, 6, wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be. Ye are in heaviness through manifold temptation, difficulty, hard times. That the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory of the appearing of Jesus Christ. What is he saying? It might be, uh, how many of y'all have just, you've you, you just been going through some dung this year. Now, I'm trying to keep it rated KJV. There's other words for this. But you do realize that what you're going through today, it might be that God's just trying to find some. God hates me. God's mad at me. I'm jinxed. I'm cursed. I've heard it all. I've heard it all. Preacher, I've just been going through some stuff. Maybe it's because he's looking for fruit. I'm tired of the dung. Well, do you know what tree gets the least amount of dung? The one that's bearing the most. <coughs> you know what tree gets the most amount of dung? Preacher, what am I saying? I'm saying that it might be that you're going through what you're going through right now because God's been looking for fruit. He's been looking for good works. He's been looking for praise. He's been looking for godly character. What did he say? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, meekness, gentleness, temperance, hey, patience, faith. Does he find those things in your life? The fruit of the Spirit? Is he finding joy? Is he finding love? Is he finding peace? Or are you frustrated all the time? Is he finding somebody that's gentle? It says gentleness. How do you treat people? What, what is he seeing when he's walking with you in your life? How does he see you treat others around you? Especially those that you don't need. Let me ask you a question. Is he finding fruit? If he's not, and you're a child of God, you better get ready for the digging. Get ready for the dung. Because it's on the way. But it's not because he hates you. It's because he's got great expectations for you. And let me, let me say this. Let me say this. When we're abiding, and, and the Bible says this, if you abide in me, and how, how do we do that? It says, and his word abide in you. Look, look. <clears throat> you, you cannot ignore this and bear fruit. Because it says, if his word abides in us, we'll bear fruit. I've been trying my best, preacher. That's the problem. You cannot, there's not a machine on the planet that can make one of these. Did you hear what I just said? Because this was good stuff. I didn't have it in the first two. Y'all are anointed. Are y'all with me? There is not a machine on the planet that can make one of these. Because you cannot manufacture fruit. 
fruit comes from life. And, and, and when you have life, life, you're going to produce fruit. I grew up around orange trees my whole life. I'm from South Florida. Orange trees right in my backyard. I never saw one of them out there sweating. I had, I've not heard one of them say, I'm trying, I'm trying. Nope. If it had life in it, it just went, there it was. It's just a natural response. Are y'all with, man, I wish I had so much I want to say. But is God finding fruit in your life? Because I promise you, he's looking for it. The question is, what is he finding? Preacher, I'll be honest with you, there ain't been much fruit in my life. Well, get ready, because there may be some digging in 2014. There may be some dunging in 2014. Well, how do I keep him from digging around in my life, dig around in his word? If you will apply the word, he won't have to apply the dung. Yeah, I said it. On the, yeah. How many of y'all are ready for a great year? How many of y'all are ready for a productive year? Listen, the choice is yours. The choice is yours. Say amen. amen. Father, thank you, Lord, for your blessing. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. I don't always like to hear this stuff, but I know I need to. God, sometimes when you deal with the areas of our life that, that we want to keep to ourselves, God, we, we, we don't want nobody rooting around there, but it's keeping us from bearing fruit. God, I pray if there's somebody here that just needs to bring something and leave it at this altar. Maybe it's a sin. Maybe it's a habit. Maybe it's an issue. Maybe it's a problem. Maybe it's a grudge. And they need to find forgiveness for it. I pray that they'll use this altar right now to get some stuff out so they can start bearing fruit. Lord, they, they can start experiencing the glory of the Lord in their heart. Lord, I'm not going to drag out an invitation, but if somebody needs to come pray, if somebody needs to come get saved, we've got people at this altar. Be glad to take a Bible and show them how to be saved. If somebody needs to join up, this is the time. Whatever your will is, we want to see it happen. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. We're going to sing a verse of invitation. If you need to come pray, if God is dealing with your heart, won't you come and give it to Him? Come give it to Him. Please forgive me. Hey, He's moving already. You won't be alone at this altar. God's already touching. God's already helping. God's already moving. Oh, do you need somebody to pray with you? We'll be glad to pray. Won't you come? Till my dying day. Till my dying oh, day. Yeah. I help others, help others find the way. That's bearing fruit. That's good words. Mercy. Good deeds. Please, Please forgive, forgive me. me. Sing on. 
sing on Lord, please forgive Father, me. Father, I pray in Jesus' name. I need your grace to make it through. As all I have is you, I'm at your mercy. And Lord, I'll serve.